So we are in week two of our series called One Wild Life, where we are working our way through five weeks on the book of Ephesians. Last week, we started out in chapter one, where you would start with the first chapter. We talked about this idea of the normal life versus the wild life. And the point I tried to make last week was that the normal life, it's normal for us to try to pursue the things uh, that bring us joy, the things that make us happy, the things that we're passionate about. Uh, But it really comes down to the things that we think are important, the choices that we want to make, the standard that we want to live by, versus living by the hope and the value and the power that comes from God. God being the one that created us, who gave us this purpose, who created us all so uniquely, and who has created us with hope in mind, with value, uh, with worth, and with power. So we are on chapter 2 this week, and as I was thinking about today's message, and I was scrolling through Facebook, like us old people do still, we scroll scroll through Facebook every once in a while, Uh, I was thinking about these two ideas that come out in our verses today, faith and grace, and I came across this video, so watch this. As I watched those hilarious videos today, I noticed two very specific things, and I'm sure you uh, can pick out like your favorite kid in that video, the one that you find the most hilarious, but there's two things that maybe you didn't notice about this video. The first one is this. That a jack-in-the-box is consistent. It does what it says it's going to do. You put the box down, you crank the handle, and a jack, in the, or a, you know, a jack or a clown pops out and, and surprises you. It's consistent every single time. There's a couple times in the video where they didn't get to the point where it was going to pop, but that's what a jack-in-the-box does. It's consistent in what it says it's going to do. The second thing that I found was that every person's reaction was different. Whether it was the person holding the camera or uh, the moms that were sitting on the side uh, or the kids, each person's reaction was different. So the jack in the box did what it said it was going to do and everybody had a different reaction. And I want you guys to kind of hold those two things in your mind as we read today's passage from Ephesians 2. And it says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So here's the thing. Here's the connection between the jack in the box and what we're talking about tonight. In this verse, it's very clear that God is consistent. God doesn't change in his message, in his plan, in his love for us. He is consistent. He is reliable. But the thing that is different is our reaction. How we come to God. How we react to him. 
Every time God surprises us, every time we see God working in our friends' lives, every time we pray and God answers, every time we pray and God doesn't answer, those times when you get to react and respond to God, those are your chances uh, to act. And the passage in Ephesians talks about the ways that God never changes and the ways that we are called to react. So we're going to talk about three different things tonight. The first part is this. You have been saved. For those of us that believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross, what we just celebrated over Easter weekend, for those of us that can believe that we have been saved, there's a certainty. There's a consistency in that statement. See, before you and I were born, before our parents were born, before we were even a thought, before anybody inhabited this planet, God was already working and willing his way for us to have a relationship with him through the cross. God was making plans for us. Ephesians 2, 4-5 says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Consistency is not necessarily something we talk about all the time when we talk about God. For a lot of us, we don't even like to talk about God because of the uncertainty that comes with it. There's, there's other things that we love to talk about, right? For, for sports fans in Vancouver, we love to talk about how much the Canucks suck this year. That's a thing that we like to talk about. Um, maybe, maybe you like to talk about uh, an episode of your favorite show, what happened the next, you know, when you go to school the next day. Uh, maybe you talk about uh, the new clothes that you just bought. There's a certainty in these things, uh, an ease in which we can talk about them. And sometimes talking about God uh, comes with some uncertainty. But the fact is that God wants our relationship with him. God wants uh, to be known, and he wants that to be certain. He doesn't want that to be uncertain. So why do so many of us have uncertainty in our relationship with God? How many of us have a problem believing that statement, you have been saved? Well, maybe sometimes our uncertainties come because we've been pushing God away. We, we know that he's working or we're hearing the truth about him and we're deciding to push him away. Maybe, uh, maybe we've known things about him and, and we just decide that we're not going to believe those things. We're going to do things on our own, kind of like we talked about last week. Maybe, there's, maybe for some of us, for some of you in this room, maybe this is the first time you're hearing someone talk about God, maybe someone talk about Jesus, and so maybe you haven't even had the chance to push him away or accept him. Whatever the reason is, we have, we have a chance to be certain. We have a chance to respond. We have a chance to react. We have a chance to either accept what God has to say or not. Even for some of us who have followed Jesus for a long time, there's questions that come up. There's uncertainties that happen. We're going to talk about two ways in which we can kind of come to grips with, with how we react. So the first one is this. It's grace. We can have a foundation of confidence, but that confidence needs to come from something, and it comes from this idea of grace. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. 
And we can have grace through faith. But what does it mean to have grace? Well, here's a definition for you. Grace is God being good to us, even though we give him every reason not to be. Last week we talked about the fact that we can do life on our own. We can live life by our own standards. We can think that we've got it figured out. We can tell God, no, I'm fine. I don't need to live uh, by that power or with that value or that worth. I'm going to find my worth and my value and my power from other things. And God says that he is going to be good to us even though we give him every reason not to be. Grace is God saying, I love you, I forgive you, and I want a relationship with you. And our relationship with God is not based on how good you and I are. Rather, it's based on the confidence that we have in God. And this is that message of outrageous grace. Outrageous grace isn't a favor that you can achieve by being good. It's the gift you receive by being God's or being in a relationship with God. Outrageous grace is God's goodness that comes looking for you when you want nothing to do with God. Uh, Jesus in the Bible uses a few stories to kind of illustrate this outrageous grace. It's like a farmer paying a full day's wage to a crew of laborers that have only worked a single hour. It's the love of a father who hands over his finest rings and robes to a young man who has wasted his inheritance on drunken binges and crazy living. It's the insanity of a shepherd who puts 99 sheep at risk in order to rescue a single lamb that refuses to stay with the flock. It's God's love that calls you into the kingdom, into relationship with God, not because you and I have been good, but because God has chosen you and made you his own. And listen to this, now he is chasing you to the ends of the earth to keep you as his child, and nothing in heaven or hell can stop him. God looks at you and says this, I could have chosen anyone in the world as my child, and I choose you, and you, and you. No matter what you say or do, neither my love nor my choice will ever change. Now go and let my grace change you. And it is, it's believing in this grace that changes us. It's believing not only in the grace, but in the confidence and certainty that God is unchanging. Grace is the fuel to living a life that honors God. It's that confidence in our relationship with God that comes by trusting in His grace for us. And we do that through faith. We show our confidence in God's grace for us. We show our belief in what he says he's going to do by exercising our trust through faith. So if grace is God being good to us, even though we give him every reason not to be, faith is believing God is good to us even though we give him every reason not to be. See, God is consistent. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, he is pursuing us. He wants a relationship with us. God is being good to us even though we give him every reason not to be. But our end of the bargain is belief. It's faith. Believing believing that truth that God is good to us even though we give him every reason not to be. See, everyone comes tonight looking at God from a different vantage point. Even those of us that maybe have believed for a long time are on this journey with God. And we're at different points of belief and knowledge. 
And we're, we're, our relationships look different because he's created each one of us differently. But maybe you're here tonight and you believe that God is out to get you. Maybe you believe that you've burned bridges with him by the actions that you've taken. That he's going to be extremely disappointed with you if you were to, to actually come and have a real conversation with him. Maybe you believe that God is mad at you. Maybe you haven't come to church for a long time. And you haven't been really letting God into your life. The question is tonight that you have a choice of how you're going to react. The jack-in-the-box is the same. The reactions are different. God is consistent. It's our reactions that tell the story. Do you have the faith to believe in God's grace? Ephesians 2, 8-10 to says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And that this is not... For from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's grace is about what He does for us, not how good you are, or how many good things we do. To have a relationship with God, created on grace, through faith, we have to let go of our pride. We have to let go of the things we talked about last week. Believing that we can do things on our own. Believing that we know the right way. Believing that we know better than the one that created us. And there's two ways that pride comes into our response from, to God's grace. Number one is this, I don't need God's grace. And number two, I'm too bad for God's grace. Let's talk about the first one for a second. I don't need God's grace. We all need God's grace. None of us will ever experience confidence in our relationship with God until we trust in His grace. As long as our confidence in God is tied to what we, we do for God, we will continue to be bombarded by all the things that we need to do better, all the ways that we fail. There's always something else that we can be better at. There are always reasons for us to lack confidence in our relationship with God. But that's why we need God's grace. We should be thankful that God's grace towards us is not dependent on us giving Him enough good reasons to be good to us. Because even for myself, there are so many times that I fail. I fail in the way sometimes I treat my coworkers, the way I react to Melody when, when I'm upset, the way that I... I treat my family. These are all like common ways that we fail. And it's so good and I'm so thankful that God's grace towards me is not based on me doing a bunch of stuff. But it's dependent on who he is and how consistent he is. The other thing is the other thing that gets in the way of our response to God's grace is us believing that we're too bad for God's grace. While, it's, while it can kind of sound humble, like, oh, I'm too bad for God's grace. It's actually, actually just the opposite. See, you can never be too bad for God's grace. Today, God looks at you and says, I love you. I forgive you. I want my grace to change you. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Sometimes... Sometimes Christians take grace out of context. Sometimes they think that grace is this insurance policy that 
that because God's willing to forgive us, because God loves us, because we're, God's pursuing us so much, we can just go out and do whatever we want, as much as we want, and then we can just pray and ask for forgiveness, and God will forgive us and, and love us. No, the fact is that if we actually believe in grace, if we actually believe that God is consistent, if we, that he loves us, then that should change us, that that should shape us, that God has actually created us to do good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. This is all classic jack-in-the-box. God is consistent in his message, his approach, his love, his plan, his desire to have a relationship with you. But we have to decide how we are going to react, what our response will be. Will you continue to push God away? Will you continue to believe that you are too bad for God to love Will you allow God into your life to shape you and mold you? See, God has prepared you to do good things. And that's not good things that he has in the future for you. That's not things that that he's waiting for you to get to a certain point so that you can do those good things. No, there's good things for you to, to do tomorrow or even tonight or later this week. There is good things for you to do that God's prepared you to do. Having faith and believing in God's grace should compel us to live differently, to respond to that outrageous love that God has for us.